So with those things, uh, let us study the Word of God. And uh, we will be reading from the Gospel according to Luke. We will be reading from the second chapter of the book of Luke, verses 1 to 20. I know that you're familiar with this story, and I will read from the English Standard Version. If you're at home, please read with me. But if you're here in Shekinah Hall, may I request you to please stand as reverence to the Word of God. Uh, you can read in whatever version that you have. And you can read silently with me. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 20. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. May the Lord be worshipped and praised by the reading of his word. You may all be seated and let us pray. Father, we thank you today for leading us. Thank you that you will open our hearts so that we may understand your word and that we may apply it in our lives. Lord, lead us and teach us. All this we ask in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Last week, we have discussed about joy. Hindi yung mga friends niyo na joy, but about joy. And uh, to, for it to be differentiated from happiness, which is external or circumstantial, meaning happiness is based from external circumstance or based on uh, uh, circumstance or in, uh, external factors. But joy isn't. Joy is internal based because it is based on the truth of God and it's given by God and it's unshakable. So yun ang dapat hinahanap natin. Hindi naman masayang ma ma 
ma- masamang magkaroon ng happiness. But what we want to achieve is more than happiness, but joy which is found in Jesus Christ. And our true joy, the true expression of our joy, uh, could only be realized if we will obey Christ in loving others, if we will hold on to the promise of the Spirit, if we will have faith and be assured that Jesus is our way, our truth, and our life, and to heed to His call to abide in Him, in Jesus Christ, and find our joy in loving and serving others. So, yon ang dahilan, ang paraan para tayo magkaroon ng tunay na kaligayahan. So, I hope we've learned something from it. And today, this is the first Sunday of December, and we are now in our series of Advent. And in less than 20 days, we will be celebrating our 2022 Christmas. And uh, no amount of Alpha, Delta, Omicron, whatever variant will ever stop that in Jesus' name. And um, because we could never stop Christmas. No amount of whatever happened in your life will ever stop Christmas. And we've read today a very familiar story, and we've been reading the story. We're very familiar with this story. Uh, but today, I want us to reflect together what this story is all about. Bigyan natin ng isa pang panibagong reflection itong story na ito tuwing Pasko. Kasi lagi natin itong binabasa, alam na alam na natin ito. Marami sa inyo siguro ginawa pa itong skit when you were young. Uh, and let's reflect together the first Christmas. And I've entitled this sermon, The, po- the Poor Sojourner's Christmas Story. And in many ways, we could relate with this story because like the family of Joseph and Mary, many of us, if not all of us, are, are sojourners. In fact, more than sojourners, we are, most of us here are migrants. And in one time uh, in the life of Joseph and Mary, they became migrants too. And many characters in the Bible are migrants. So, makakarelate tayo sa istorya nila. And... Uh, for many characters in the Bible, they were either intentional migrants or accidental migrants. Halimbawa, si Joseph, isang accidental migrant kasi pinagbili siya sa Egypt, di ba? And we also have uh, purposeful migrants or intentional migrants, gayang ginawa ni Ruth at ni Naomi, di ba? Nung bumalik sila, pumunta sila sa isang lugar at bumalik sila sa Israel. And there are so, so many stories in the Bible about migrants. And we have a story here about uh, a poor family, an ordinary family journeying, and we have heard and we have learned their story. Now, this story about the coming of the Lord Jesus, we all know, was prophesied by prophets. And pag sinabi natin nag-prophesy ng mga prophets, we would usually relate that to Isaiah, Jeremiah, but there is one prophet of old that prophesied uh, to the coming of the Lord Jesus, and he's a minor prophet. What's peculiar and what's obvious about his prophecies is that he identified the place in which uh, this Savior will be born. And this birthplace will be Bethlehem. And of course, you might probably know uh, who, who this prophet I'm referring to is none other than Micah. And interestingly, itong si prophet Micah, 
is calling for the social renewal, transformation of Israel, yung kanyang propesya has many justice tones. Pag binasa niyo yung Micah, gaya nung binasa natin kanina sa ating offertory. Understandably, maintindihan natin yung pinanggagalingan, yung hugot ni Micah. Kasi during that time, as you all know, Israel was subdued by many empires. Assyrians, Babylonians, Persians, and later on, the Romans. And this is agonizing for the people of Israel. They're really waiting for a savior. Nagahanap talaga sila ng kapayapaan. Nagahanap sila ng tagapagligtas. They're looking and waiting for the salvation of the Lord. At yung salvation nila, hindi lang personal salvation. They're looking on a communal salvation. Iligtas sila sa kanilang mga, uh, mga mananakop nila. Ng mga Assyria, ng mga Babylonians, ng mga Persians, and even Romans. To add insult to their injury, to add further to their agony, their religious leaders also give way to them. Hindi pa sila nakakatulong yung mga religious leaders nila, nagtitake advantage din sa kanila. Kaya kawawa yung mga, uh, mga Israelita. And we can, we can see that in Micah 5 and how Micah prophesied the coming of the Messiah. He made it obvious dito sa Micah 5, yung lugar na kung saan ipapanganak ang Panginoong Yesus. And we read from Micah chapter 5, verses uh, 2, 2, 4, and 5. But you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me, one who is to be the ruler in Israel. So Micah identified the place whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient of days, and he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord. This is what the people of Israel is waiting for. They wanted to have a shepherd. They wanted to have a Messiah. And in the majesty in the name of the Lord is God, and they shall dwell secure for now. He shall be great to the ends of the earth. He shall dwell secure. They wanted to have security. They wanted to have peace. And no wonder the last line says, and he shall be their peace. And we have already discussed the peace in the Bible. They're asking for the shalom. You know, Bethlehem is now a very known city. But during their time, it's almost insignificant place because if you will look into the map, yung Bethlehem, hindi naman siya sobra-sobrang layo from Jerusalem. So somehow, Bethlehem is eclipsed uh, uh, against a larger city, which is Jerusalem. It's relatively unknown, but Micah mentioned Bethlehem, a little town to be the venue of the coming of the king. At sinabi ito ng isang minor prophet, si Micah. And how glorious it is na ang sinabi ni Micah rito, and he shall be their peace. At ang sabi ko nga kanina, they're not just looking for their personal peace. Yung peace na tinitignan o kinoconsider din ng mga Israelita, hindi lang personal peace. Communal peace. Why? Because they're in a constant state of conflict and war. Lagi silang nasa gera. Paano ka makakapag-asawa kung lagi kayong nasa gera? Hindi ba? Pero ngayon siguro may gera din. Kasi ang sabi ng statistics, marami ngayon ang walang asawa. Mas marami daw kasi ang babae kaysa sa lalaki. 
Kaya minsan natatagpuan ninyo na ang dalawang babae, nagmamahal sila ng isang lalaki. How unfortunate, hindi ba? Pero eto, babalik tayo rito, dahil sila ay nasa constant state of war. Kaya nangangailangan sila ng kapayapaan. Kailangan nila ng tagapagligtas. Kailangan nilang isang, hindi lang religious leader, kundi isang military leader. Yun ang hinahantay nila. And so, here you are, almost 700 years later, if I, uh, I will stand myself corrected later, I think it's 500 to 700 years later, after the prophecy of Micah, now under the Roman Empire, Augustus, he decreed that all people in the empire, in the Roman Empire, matatandaan nyo sa inyong uh, world history, I think fourth year yun natin, di ba, nung high school, world history, yung buong Roman Empire stretches not only from Rome, from Italy, it stretches from the entire Asia Minor, Turkey, and even the Middle East. Kasama yon sa Roman Empire. And Augustus, decreed that all people should be uh, registered through a census. At yung census, ngayon kasi yung census, para bilangin lang kung ilang kayo, ilan yung taon, para for planning purposes. Pero yung census nung araw, for political and taxation purposes. And so, this uh, imperialistic expansionism nung uh, ni Caesar Augustus at that time forced Uh, Mary and Joseph to return to Bethlehem. Kailangan nilang bumalik sa Bethlehem. And they were from Nazareth. In the modern times, Nazareth is 150 to 170 kilometers away. Pero, noong panahon na yon, hindi pa naman paved ang roads. Hindi pa naman uh, straight ang mga path. So, according to Bible scholars, around five days silang inabot. At kabuanan na ni Mary, sino rito nagta-travel na kabuanan nyo na? Di ba, bawal na nga mag-travel sa aeroplano pag kabuanan mo na, di ba? Etong si Cesar Augustus, wala siyang pakialam kung kabuanan mo na. Babalik kayo doon sa place ninyo and you have to register. And of course, the purpose is not for them to be given yung mga ayuda nila or, you know, hindi ganon. Mag-register sila for taxation and political purposes. That's the purpose of the census. And of course, you see how the prophecy of Micah will happen. Kasi ang propesya ni Micah, saan ipapanganak ang tagapagdiktas? Sa Bethlehem. At noong time na yun, wala sila sa Bethlehem. Because of that decree, God purposed them to be in Bethlehem at that time. So something is worth reflecting here. You see, you have two ordinary people unknown to the Bible at that time. Bago ba mag-New Testament, kilala nyo na si Joseph at si Mary? Hindi pa, di ba? Two ordinary people from the lineage of David. Seemingly, seemingly disturbed by God. Di ba na-preach ko nung, I think, two years ago. Parang dinisturbed naman ni, ni Lord yung buhay nitong dalawang tao. Ikakasal sila, di ba? Kakasal si Mary at si Joseph. Everything is happy. And then suddenly, the angel of the Lord appeared to Mary and said, you will be pregnant. Sabi ni Mary, wow, pregnant. Virgin po ako. No, I know. You will be pregnant by the power of the Holy Spirit. Eh, hindi pa nga siya kinakasal. Eh, tutungan naman si Joseph, sinabi sa kanya na pakasalan mo dahil siya ay magbubuntis. Kung nangyari yun ngayon, 
There's no way. You will marry someone na sabihin sa'yo na, pakasalan mo nga itong mapapangasawa, yung girlfriend mo, kasi buntis siya. Nino, definitely hindi ako. But if you were in Joseph's shoes, actually, mahirap din yung kalagayan ni Joseph, ha? Boys, could you imagine? Mahal mo nga, papakasalan mo, biglang ginakit ka pala, sinalisihan ka. Pero hindi yun ang istorya nila. Joseph understood it. Ano mo, dinisturb nila parang, Lord, di ba na lang? Ordinaryo akong karpintero, ordinary village girl si Mary. Wag na kami. Pero you see how God orchestrated everything. Even orchestrated the decree of Caesar Augustus for ordinary people like Mary and Joseph so that the prophecy of the coming of the Messiah will be fulfilled. When God disturbs your life, you are for a big purpose. So okay lang, disturb nyo lang Lord ang buhay namin lagi. Kasi when God seemingly disturb your life, pinakailamanan ng Diyos ang buhay nyo, you'll be surprised. God will give you the best for you. That's the best life, not now. The best life will happen when God disturbs your life. Nagpa-disturbo talaga si Mary and Joseph. Ang hirap noon, tutusin mo, no? May nagpakita lang ang angel sa'yo, sabihin pakasalan. Kung sabihin mo, sandali, paano kung hindi? Pinagtaksilan ako. O, mamaya na yung mga hugot, mga marites, ha? Mga marisol. But they obeyed God. They obeyed God. So there are three things I'd like to offer you today as we reflect into the story of Mary and Joseph. Kasi, this is something that we always hear and read, but perhaps we need to take another look at it. And I offer you three things. So the many things na mapupulot natin dito sa istoryang ito. And the first is this. The birth of Jesus teaches us first, humility. The sovereign Lord of heavens, the Son of God, would come and be born in a humble place and be found in the likeness of men and later die for the sins of men. You know, God could have chosen to let Jesus, the baby Jesus, be born in a wealthier family. Perhaps God could probably have chosen for him to be a Levite so that he will be born into a priestly family. Or at least, anak siguro siya dapat ng isang merchant. Hindi anak ng isang karpintero. You know, and God could have chosen to be born in a normal home. For sure, when you travel from one place to another, uh, yung in, dalawang klase, isa yung in sa Bible, yung mga private homes na ino-open, for your relatives and friends whenever people would come. And so that's why in the Bible you would see that people are always encouraged to be gracious to strangers. Because nung araw, wala pa namang Airbnb. Wala pa rin namang mga sobrang daming hotel. Another form of in is that yung mga public lodging for people. Yun yung nakita natin dun sa Good Samaritan. But I would assume that uh, may mga relatives siguro si Joseph and Mary, according to Bible scholars, most likely they have relatives in Bethlehem, in Bethlehem or in the place that they were going. Most likely because they were part of that lineage. Tama? So most likely, sabi ng mga Bible scholars, most likely meron silang mga kamag-anak doon. Pero siguro dahil maraming ang bumabalik sa kanika nilang mga towns, punong-puno yung bahay. 
Saan pa sila matutulog? Nakatulog sila, nakatayo. And remember, the, the, the homes there were not as affluent, as not as big as now. Usually, mga studio type yung mga, maliban na lang you're very, very rich. Kaya nga, inisip ko, God could have chosen that Mary and Joseph would have perhaps wealthier relatives and to be born in a normal home. And of course, yung mga bahay noon, minsan katabi nila yung kanilang mga uh, yung mga stables nila o yung kanilang mga uh, place for their animals. And sometimes they are attached to a stone or a cave. Yun na yung mga itsura ng bahay noong araw. But sabi ko nga, Panginoon, grabe naman, isang gabi lang naman, di ba? Alam mo namang ipapanganak yung buktong mong anak. Ba't naman hindi mo siya pinuroveda ng isa pang maliit-maliit man lang na bahay, isa man lang kwarto? Buntis pa si Mary. Have you thought of that? Isang gabi lang naman, Lord. Nakapag-provide ka nga ng 5,000. Isang gabi lang naman, eh, mga anak lang si Mary, kawawa naman siya. Have you ever thought of that? And you know, the place where Jesus was born was, I would rather say, very unsanitary. Sino rito nakapanganak na kayo sa kulungan? Kulungan ng baboy or whatever. Natandaan ko isang pelikula ni Nora Uno, nanganak siya sa zoo. Ano bang pelikula yon? Natandaan ko. Yun lang yung alam kong isang depiction na nanganak siya sa Together with Animals, si Nora Unor. Hindi po ako Noranian. But that's very unsanitary. It is not convenient. Certainly, it's the lowliest place to be born in. Among the animals. If only the world knew who this little boy is. This boy is worthy to be born in a palace. But in God's wisdom and unfathomable divine act of humility, unfathomable divine act of humility, chose and had chosen that his only begotten son the Savior of the world, the King of kings and Lord of lords, would be born in the lowliest and in the most unsanitary of places, in a manger. Why? Why would God do that? Why would God show that act of humility from the very beginning, from day one ay pinanganak si Jesus, He is already manifesting that divine humility. Dun pa lang sa place na kung saan siya ipapanganak, siya ay pinanganak in the lowliest of places. Divine act of humility. And you see, my dear brothers and sisters, the humility of God is not just because He is slow or He is trying to compensate. No. Kasi ganun tayo, di ba, pag tayo nagpapakababa kasi na-corner ka na o kaya eh, niyabangan mo dati. So ngayon, nagpapakumbaba ka na. Hindi ganun ang Diyos. God can have all the pride and the honor and the glory of this world. But why would God do that? I can only say that the humility of God, that act of humility is moved and animated by His love. And we are called by the scriptures to have that same humility. Let me give to you um, Ephesians, uh, Philippians chapter 5, verses 5 to 8. And it reads here, having this mind, kailangan daw makaroon tayo ng same mind, same humble mind, kagaya kay Jesus, which is, is yours in Christ Jesus, who though He was in the form of God, 
did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing. Taking the form of a servant, being born the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. The Bible says he humbled himself and made himself nothing. The humility of God found in the incarnation of God. When we say incarnation of God, God taking the form of flesh, being found in human likeness and form so that he could serve us, so that he could perform the greatest act of service to all of us. That humility is an act of love. That humility is an act of service. In Mark chapter 10, verse 45, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served because, in fact, he was from a royal lineage. Hindi ba? They were from a royal lineage. But of course, because of the uh, empires, nabura halos yung kanilang royal lineage. But this Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. At hindi lang basta service ang ginawa ni Jesus sa atin. He gave His life for you and me. That act of humility, could you just imagine that? Hindi simpleng act of humility yon. Kung merong isang dakilang tao, magbibigay sa'yo ng buhay, magbibigay sa'yo ng panahon, magbibigay sa'yo ng oras, that is something. The humility of God is expressed greatly in this divine act of service. The greatest service to mankind to be the ransom, to be the payment for the sins of many, for, for, for us, for Him to be the payment of our sins, to, satisf- to satisfy the requirement of God, of holiness, to satisfy God's justice, for someone to die for us. And someone has to do it. And Jesus Christ did this very thing. In the earlier verse, we are called to do and to have that same mind, to be humble. Ano ba ibig sabihin ng humility? Alam niyo, ang humility, hindi yan yung um, false humility na sabing, alam mo, sister, ang ganda-ganda mo naman. Sabi mo, hindi, ang pangit-pangit ko nga eh. That's not humility. Pag sinabi kayong, sister, ang ganda-ganda mo, ano sasagot niyo? Ha? Huh? Sana ikaw din. <laughs> hindi yon. Sabihin nyo lang salamat at naganda ang kasakin. Sana ikaw din maganda. Ah, hindi yon. Now, the humility is not, sis, salamat, ang galing mo namang tumugtog o ang galing mo namang kumanta. Sabihin mo, hindi, pangit nga eh. Ang tawag doon, false humility, fishing for compliment. Humility one aspect of humility in the many facets, maraming kahulugan ng humility. But let me suggest you one uh, aspect or facet of humility is not to look and to think highly of ourselves, but to think others ahead of us and to think highly of others regardless of their status in life. Diba pag mga mayor, mga vice mayor, sorry to say this, mga magdanakaw naman, Kung pagbuhating sa bahay ninyo, grabe, mayor, governor, ganyan. 
congressman. Diba? You're so, you think highly of them. Pero pag dumating sa'yo yung kapitbahay mo na isang marites o isang, alam niyo marites? Mare, ano ang latest? Mga marisol? Mare, ano ang? May, mare, mahilig sa sulsol. May, pero iwasan natin yung mga marife. Ano yung marife? Mare, peram. Pero pag mga kapitbahay nyo, sabihin nyo, may mare, wag ka dyan kasi dyan uupo si ano eh. Dito ka lang sa tabi. Diba? Or kaya, kayo, you think highly of yourself. Sasabihin nyo, humble ba kayo? Oo, napaka-humble ko nga eh. So humility is not putting ourselves, ourselves down, but considering others important, regardless of who they are, and taking into consideration who they are. I think that's also one facet of humility, as many uh, definitions of humility that you may have. So giving them importance. And I hope that we will do that even in this church. Regardless kung anong trabaho nyo Monday to Saturday, wag lang kayo gagawa ng mga illegal na trabaho. Whatever you do Monday to Saturday, that doesn't matter here. When you come here to serve God, we will all, we are all uh, uh, fair and we're all equal in the eyes of God because we are all created in the image and likeness of God. And also, I would say this is humility because, you know, this is a foreshadow of the death of Jesus. This humility, the Savior's humble birth, is somehow a lighter foreshadowing of the life that he would have. And 33, almost 33 years later, on his death, his own people, his own kind, will also not accept him. There's no place for them in the inn. And I hope there will be a place for Jesus in your hearts. Not only to accept Jesus into your own homes, but into your very hearts. But you know, Jesus was rejected. In fact, in his death, niwala nga siyang sariling tomb, di ba? Someone donated a tomb for him. But the irony is, he was born in a manger and was buried in somebody else's in a borrowed tomb. And you know the reason why all of these things happen? The reason why God showed the greatest act of humility? Because for a greater purpose, for you and for me. So that He could show His love for you and me. And that leads me to the second lesson that we can learn from, from the birth of Jesus, the birth of Jesus teaches us empathy. Ano po ba yung empathy? Empathy, as you know, putting yourself exactly in someone else's shoes or condition to the point that you are able to understand where they're coming from or what they're feeling. The Son of God lived amongst us. He understands exactly what any other human being undergoes. He understands our pains, our anxieties, our difficulties, our weaknesses, our struggles, and even our battles. In John chapter 1, verse 14, it says here, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace 
and truth. I want to emphasize this. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. To dwell is to be together, to live with us, to understand what we're going through. And so Jesus, when he dwelt among us, he understood what it means to be under the Roman Empire. He understood what injustice is all about. He understood what it means to be taken advantage of by the people. He understood what it means to be ostracized, to be maligned by people, to be rejected by his own people. He understands that because he dwelt among us. He knows exactly what you're going through. And you know, What's difficult in Jesus' situation during that time, sabi ko nga, hindi lang yung mga imperyo, Romano, ang nagpapahirap sa kanila, pati yung mga religious leaders nila, mga saduseyo, mga pariseyo, at pati yung mga, es- mga uh, eskriba, kasama sa pagkapahirap doon sa mga tao. And I hope yung mga religious leaders natin hindi kasama sa pagkapahirap sa inyo. And you see, Jesus understood that injustice. Jesus was born into a place and time of injustice. He wasn't born in a rich family. He was born in an ordinary life. He was born poor. For you know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, for yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. What does it mean to become poor? For our sake, para sa atin, he became poor. For our sake. And so through that poverty, not just physical poverty, but in Philippians 2, he made himself nothing. He emptied himself. Ano ibig sabihin nung he emptied himself? He made himself nothing. And I will quote Charles Wesley's hymn. Siguro paborito namin to pareho ni Brother Val. And can it be that I should gain? He said this in this line. And I think this is what it means to what Philippians uh, mean to empty himself. He left his father's throne above, so free, so infinite his grace. He emptied himself of all. He emptied himself of all but love and bled and died for Adam's helpless race. That's what it means to empty himself and that poverty of Jesus so that we would have richness. He was able to empathize, to understand. And this is my call. And I will bring you to a practical application of this empathy. To the word injustice around us. And I hope this first, this Christmas, this story of Christmas will lead us to empathy and to understand injustice. Marami pang bagay na dapat kayong mag-empathize with brothers. I will just bring you to that. Empathy. Because the reason why I'm bringing you to that because in 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, it says, He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. And this is the purpose why the Son of God manifested Himself. That He might destroy the works of the devil. The reason Jesus why appeared in the flesh because he would destroy the works of the devil, the works of the flesh. Of course, as we know, ultimately, that is to destroy sin on his death on the cross. But God also wants us to empathize and call us 
to join that act of destroying the works of the devil in the world whenever we see injustice around us. Despite so many laws of this country protecting the life and the uh, welfare of migrant workers, household workers, pati mga migrant, despite many good laws of this country, marami pa rin ang na-abuse. Why? Because we become silent when we see injustice. We are so silent when we see things happening around us. And we've heard some stories na Christian daw yung mga amo, pero hindi sila pinapakain. Hindi sila binibigyan ng tamang off. Hindi sila binibigyan ng tamang sweldo. Christian pa yan, ha? And so, Jesus is calling us to empathize, to join Him, that He might destroy the works of the devil through us. You know, particularly injustice is very close to my heart. And let me concretize this point through a personal testimony. Bakit ko sinabing we need to empathize? And we need to see one cut, one some slice practical application yang empathy na yan is to see injustice or justice. I've experienced it. Way back in 2001, I was third year college. My, mo- my mom, my mother was uh, incarcerated, was jailed. At before you hold your judgment, hindi po naging uh, ano ang nanay ko. Ang aming pong negosyo sa Pilipinas, meron kaming fishing vessel and then yun po ang negosyo ng aming pamilya. And so, meron kaming mga tauhan na mga fishermen. Unlike sa mga magsasaka, meron silang mga agricultural tenancy, etc. They're protected to the land on which they till. Walang ganong karapatan ang binibigay sa mga mangingisda. And so, unknown to us, um, am, this is, sabihin niyo naman, mayabang ako, Hindi po kami mayaman, but I could say that we are somehow living in a way comfortable life dahil nga may trabaho yung aking tatay at may negosyo yung aking nanay. So, unknown to us, my mom led these fisher folks to mga mangingisdang ito, poor people who's been living on that place for many, many times. There was this land grabber who was able to title, napatituluhan niya yung 20 feet, 20 uh, I think 20 meters or 100 meters from shoreline to the sea na patituluhan niya. And then he declared that all people living in that area since time immemorial were all squatters. And these are not squatters, these are squatters. These are fisher folks living there. Little did I know that my mom was leading these people, my mother was leading them, and there came a day that the, the, there was an order of a judge that they need to be evicted from that place because they were squatters. Iniisip ko nga nung nalaman ko ang batas, paano napatituluhan ng dagat? <laughs> and of course, these are fisher folks. These are fishermen. They don't understand the language of the law. They don't, third year college ako noon, hindi pa ako naglolo. Uh, wala pa ako sa law school. So, and they don't understand English. If you've, if you've seen a legal pleading, it's couched in a very legalist language. Hindi niya maintindihan ng mga ordinaryong mga mangingisda. And so, there was an order, their homes were demolished. Twenty-odd families, fishermen, hindi sila squatter, they were demolished. 
And the order of the court is that those who will be found in the premises will be arrested. My mother was not arrested in that place. He was arrested 10, 15 kilometers away from that. My mom was arrested in our home. When I learned that, I went at naabutan ko ang nanay ko sa likod ng rehas. You know, I think the land grabber wanted to cripple my mother because my mother is the financier of the fisher folks. Kasi somehow, may mas, may mas resource kami to fight them. But crippling my mother would, would be crippling also the fisher folks. And so I, when I went there, I saw my mother. Parang si Jose Rizal, nakita ko ang nanay ko nakakulong. Sabi ko sa nanay ko, sabi ko sa nanay ko, Ma, ano ba ito? Ano ba rin pinasok-pasok mo na to? My mother taught me the greatest lesson of empathy. She told me this. Alam mo, Dan, we have already made your future secure. Kakain kayo, makakatapos ka ng pag-aaral mo. Pero itong mga taong ito, pag-iiwan ko sila, walang sino man ang sasama sa kanila. Hindi araw-araw kang nabibigyan ng pagkakataon na tumulong sa kapwa. I was stunned. My mother was incarcerated for 20 days for a mere, for a mere um, uh, court uh, law, the, the, what do you call this? Contempt of court. 20 days. It's not even a criminal offense. 20 days. It was even my birthday. In fact, she was arrested this day, December 5. And she was only released December 24, right after Christmas. So birthday ko, imagine me, dala-dala ako malaking bilao ng pansit at ng spaghetti. At pagdating ko dun sa kulungan, inabot ako ng alas 4, wala nang bisita. Sabi ko, ma, sabi ng nanay ko, kainin nyo na lang sa labas. <laughs> that is difficult. I saw injustice. And this is sad. None of the churches helped us, except for two churches, my, my home church, and the Aglipayan Church, the Iglesia Filipina Independiente Church. Those are the only congregations that help these official folks. Out of that, and pardon me for a bit extending, I went to the Supreme Court. I don't know yet the Supreme Court. I don't know anything about the law. I went to the office of the court administrator because it's only at Padre Faura. I was just uh, in a nearby school. Uh, I was from PNU. So I wrote to the court and told them about everything. And the Justice of the Supreme Court uh, wrote me back. Uh, I will not quote the name of the Justice. And he's, he told me, if I were in your place, I would have done the same thing. But he said this as an ending line, pursue justice. That maketh a man. Of course, he told me na wala silang jurisdiction over dun sa kaso namin at a futile attempt na pumunta ako. But the justice in, the, in that letter outlined exactly what we're going to do. And if you would ask, we lost the case. And the case is still on in the Court of Appeals at this very moment. Hindi naman ako ano ng, ng uh, subjudice rule because I'm not discussing the merits of the case. But the Fisher folks were evicted in that place and I don't know where they are right now. And we are called to do exactly like that, to have empathy. Marami sa inyong nakaranas ng injustice. We are called exactly like that. Because if we will be silent to injustice, 
then we are not doing what Christ has done to destroy the works of the devil. And I hope that we will learn that. And so, lastly, the birth of Jesus Christ teaches us the providence of God. And I will quote from Good News of Great Joy, a devotional by David Mathis. He said this, For it is implicit, suggested in the scripture, that all the mammoth, the big political forces, and all the giant industrial complexes without their even knowing it are being guided by God, not for their own sake, but for the sake of God's little people, for the sake of the little farmers, for the sake of the little fisher folks that my mom helped to defend, for the little Mary and the little Joseph who had to be got from Nazareth to Bethlehem. God wields an empire to bless His children. And you are an instrument of that blessing. Instrumento kayo ng Diyos dito sa mundo. Huwag niyong kakalimutan yan. What does the providence of God mean? In question number 27, I'm quoting the Heidelberg Catechism. This is dated 1563. The Almighty, everywhere, present power of God, whereby, as it were by His hand, he still upholds heaven and earth with all the creatures and so governs them that herbs and grass, rain and drought, fruitful and barren years, meat and drink, health and sickness, riches and poverty. Indeed, all things come not by chance, not by chance, but by his fatherly hand. Imagine the sojourn of Mary and Joseph. It's an act of providence. It's God's hands and purpose told and prophesied by the prophets mentioned even in Genesis because God's plans cannot be thwarted. It cannot be frustrated. God appointed that time. Even Will's empire, even put into the heart of Caesar Augustus, decree an order of census so that my prophecy, the prophecy will happen that the Savior will be born in Bethlehem. God has provided everything so that his plans would happen. In fact, if you would see here in this story, God has provided a manger, not fit for a king, certainly, not for the king of kings and lord of lords, but God provided a manger, sang sabsaban, enough to show that God is willing to do the unimaginable act of humility, the most difficult act of all, to give his life to show his love for you and for me. Kasi mga kapatid, we know this. And I'll be quoting from Romans 8.28 as I would end. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. According, for those who are called according to His purpose. You know, let me share this. The plan of God could not be stopped by COVID. Your sins won't stop God's plan for your life. If you think that God will say, oops, nagkamali ka, hindi ko na itutuloy yung plano sa'yo. Not true. Not true. Your sins, your mistakes, will never stop God's wonderful plan in your life. COVID will not stop it. Delta will not stop it. Omicron will not stop it. Pursue the will of God. Your sins can never stop God. 
In fact, God remedied it through Jesus Christ. If you think you say, Jesus said, oh, nagkamali ka, I'm perfecting the plan for you. No. He who began a good work in you shall be faithful to complete it in you. That is God's providence. Remember that. You might be thinking, what's next for me? With Omicron, saan ako pupunta ngayon? Baka mawalan ako ng trabaho. Remember this. God's providence will never stop. He will use this global stage, this Omicron, this COVID-19, to pursue and to fulfill God's plan for your life. It is not an accident that Jesus was born in the, in the time of an empire. It's not an accident. It's not an accident that he was born into a place where slavery is a norm. It's not. If you think, wait a minute, is God making a mistake there? Bakit doon sa panahon na yun? Bakit doon sa oras na yun? No. God isn't making a mistake in you. God does not make mistake. God's plan can never be frustrated. So the seemingly powerless defeat that you're experiencing right now, if you are experiencing any defeat in your life, let this be an encouragement to you, my dear brothers and sisters. Those mistakes, those powerless defeat that you've experienced, those detours, are never outside the sovereignty and the power of God. And that's why you can trust Him. If God can wield the entire empire to show and to make His plan work, God will never change now. God sent us here so that we could show His providence in our life. God is interested in our joy, in our peace, as much as He, he is interested in our good. And so I will end that the providence of God will sustain us. And that is how the birth of Jesus Christ has taught us. The seemingly defeat of Jesus in that manger. Sabihin ng Diablo, ha, huh, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, ipinanganak sa sabsaban. King of Kings and Lord of Lords, napako sa krus. Ha, ha. No. It's a victory. God successfully entered the world to save us. And we have seen Him. And we have witnessed. He was found in the flesh because the ultimate purpose of that is to set us free. And I'll end here. This is the reason. For only as a human being could He die and only by dying could He break the power of the devil. Sabi ng devil, nag-enter sa mundo para mamatay? Ha, ha, ha. Hindi. Ang purpose pala ng Diyos ay ito. That He could break the power of the devil who had the power of death. The seemingly tragedy of Jesus is actually a triumph. Only in this way, He could set free all those who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. And I'll end here. And as you prepare for this Christmas in the season of Advent, my dear brothers and sisters, may you find the humility of God and act out that humility. Imitate that humility of God to have the same mind as Jesus and to empathize with others. And to the parents who are here, let's teach our children empathy. You know, yung aming care group, before I end, mag- magbibigay rin po kami ng mga bag. And our children were, uh, inimbita namin yung mga bata, namin yung mga boys, and then they were packing the bags for the migrant workers. And this is not just about, you know, packing the bags and giving out and doling out for them. 
Ginagawa namin ito together with the Good Samaritan Ministries to stir up the conversation about justice, about looking out for others so that these people will have and feel that they have a space in us because that is what we are called to do as Christians. If we will just be Christians just for the sake of this whole, we are not Christians. Christians are called to be Christians in the world. And so that we hope that this Christmas we could teach that empathy. And finally, this Christmas we hope that you will realize the providence of God in your life. Pursue the will of God. Don't be afraid to follow His lead. And so with that, I hope that this first Sunday of December, we will be able to realize the humility of God, the empathy that He's calling us to do, and thank God for His providence in our lives. Let us pray. Father, we thank you today that you have called us to humility as you have shown it in the first Christmas story. You have called us also, Lord, to empathize with others, to feel what they're feeling, and to understand what justice is all about, to feel our brothers and sisters who might be in the margins, who are oppressed, marginalized. And Lord, for us, to call out injustice whenever we see it, to help those people who are in need. And Lord, may this act of charity be taught to our children. But Lord, as we have read, charity could never be a replacement to justice. And so Lord, may we also teach this to our children and spur your, stir your people today, O oh Lord. Spur our hearts, Lord God, to justice, to righteousness, Call your church to be the salt and light of the world because, Lord, that is your plan for us so that we may show forth your glory, your majesty, your brightness, your glory in us. You have called us into your wonderful, marvelous light. And Father, today as we prepare for Christmas, more than the gifts, Lord, iwan na namin yung mga tradisyon na this is about money, this is just about giving gifts, this is about that. Lord, let this Christmas be a Christmas of humility, be a Christmas of justice, and be a Christmas realizing that no amount of COVID, Delta, Omicron, whatever it is, could ever stop your wonderful plans for our lives. And then we can trust you. We can put our whole life and faith in you because you are good. Thank you so much, Lord, for giving us this moment. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Let us all stand and receive God's benediction. Now may the God of peace who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with every good for doing his will, and may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. In the name of our child God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
May you have the shalom of God, my dear brothers and sisters, and may you have the peace of God. And let the people of God say, Amen, Amen, and Amen. God bless you, my dear brothers and sisters. And for those of you who have joined us online, join us again next week. And may the peace of God reign in your hearts today and ever. Thank you.